Welcome to Cooperville. Do you know what's fun to do in Cooperville? Pack up your shit and get the fuck out. Listen. www.welcometocooperville.com Who the fuck says www anymore? I can't even say it. Stop that. The Welcome to Cooperville podcast. On demand anywhere quality podcasts are available. And some places where cheap podcasts are available. And the local gas station has some. Subscribe. Get updates. Feel better about your life. Welcome to Cooperville.com. Welcome to Cooperville. Make sure you use a coaster. The wife gets upset when we leave rings on the tables. So how long we known each other, Neil? We've been, uh, let's see, I think you guys were out on tour right after Crisis Tour hit the charts. Um, And that's when we first, we first, it was the beginning of a beautiful relationship. Beautiful relationship. How long? How long ago was that? <laughs> Shit, man, that's been. I want to say it was like seven years, but does that seem right? <clears throat> it's it's been Maybe a minute. Six, seven years, I think. Yeah. It's crazy how time flies. Time flies. Neil Middleton, Royal Bliss, on the podcast. Uh, thank you so much, man, for taking some time out and jumping on the FaceTime and joining the show, the program. Hell yeah, man! Thanks for having me. How have things been, man? It's been uh, it's been a while since you and I have gotten into trouble together. Yeah, I know. I think last time we were up there, was some crazy storm was going on, and we were in a parking lot, and trees were falling down, and <laughs> it was it was nuts. But yeah, things are good, man. We worked on a new record, and uh, it turned out amazing. We're super happy about it. We got a new song at radio right now called Pain, um, and it's just climbing, and uh, it's crazy. You know, we've been we've been at it a long time, and to still have success and still be able to grow a fan base has been phenomenal. And I so, see you taking up boxing. Is that is that what's going yeah, on? Yeah, I did. Uh, yeah, so I started boxing training for another song that didn't even make the record because we were going to shoot a music video. Mm-hmm. So I was like, uh, we'll do some training, and then uh, we can totally film this like rocky scene where I'm fighting this guy or whatever. And, uh, and then Taylor ended up getting his girlfriend pregnant, and so he, we were going to be home for three months and it turned out that this gym I was working at was doing a big fight called executive fight night. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so I was like, you know what, I'll actually do a real fight and be kind of fun. Plus it'll push me, you know, to work out a little bit harder and actually take it serious because I don't want to lose for one. (laughs) I don't uh, don't need that kind of press. Yeah, right. Exactly. (laughs) So, and with pain, I'm like, it's just fitting that we do the music video for that song. So, it, uh, it was a really cool ride. It was definitely, uh, I mean, all around good. Like mentally, physically, I was working out a bunch. And um, and it still proved to me that I can accomplish things if I put my head to it. Right. So it was good. It was, it was good all the way around. And I knocked the guy out in the second round. And so that was good, too. Uh, yeah, because I was just like, oh, my gosh, we're shooting this whole music video. It'll be right. a totally, total waste if... I lose or you know, <laughs> if I get knocked out, this will be horrible. You won't be able to use any of this footage. So there's a lot of pressure, but um, it was cool. I'd recommend anybody getting in there and and putting your putting your neck out literally and uh it's a it's a hell of an experience and adrenaline rush. It's different different than being on stage, but is I it, loved it. Is it and something you're gonna, I was gonna say, is it something you're gonna keep on pursuing and just you know, as part of your 
not maybe not, maybe not the fighting part of it, but the, I mean, boxing training is like a ridiculous, yeah. you know, regiment to be definitely a part doing of. that. Like I, I'll leave when we're done with the interview. I'll head back to the head to the gym. It's that's what's going to be tough on the road. It's hard to mm-hmm. find boxing gyms around that you know you can do the like full on training with bags and mitts and stuff right. like that. But I'm looking up different places around, anyways. Um, yeah, and I, I don't know. I might do another fight. You know, I'm not. I'm not against that. Uh, you know, or but it does sound good to retire right. like one and zero undefeated. <laughs> I was just gonna say only winning by knockouts. <laughs> I don't know. Saw my uh, saw my card here, but it's pretty impressive. Uh, yeah. You don't, you don't want to mess with any of this. No, that's yeah. cool, man. Uh, I want to kind of take you back into uh, to getting influenced by music at a young age. Obviously, like you said, you've been um, you know with the Royal Bliss thing doing that for for a while, uh, doing some solo stuff before that. You know, was there uh, when you were growing up? Was your were you a part of a musical family? Was there influence? Uh, was it direct influence, or was it something that came from something you heard on the radio, or you know what 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 was the uh, the gateway drug for you into the industry? Well, I always loved singing. You know, my family wasn't a big musical family. Uh, right. You know, we all took piano lessons when we were younger. Just me and my brother. I only have one sibling. Mm. My mom liked to sing, but never really like did any singing professionally or anything like that or in a band or anything. My dad had a a decent voice too, but uh, he didn't, it was very seldom that you get to hear him singing. Uh, But I always loved like the Disney movies and I loved to sing as a little kid. It felt, I don't know. I just, it was fun. But then we moved from St. Louis to uh, Salt Lake city and it really became a release for me because I was not a part of the major uh, the majority of this town, which, you know, a lot of people probably know that the religion plays a huge part in Utah mm-hmm. and I was not a part of the dominant religion here. And so it was really difficult. Uh, I picked up, uh, my mom's old acoustic guitar. She had an acoustic guitar. She was learning how to play whenever she was pregnant with me. And then she kind of put it up and then I pulled it out when I was like 12, 13 and I was going to church at, at night. And that was the first place I ever played with a band was I'd play at evening service. Yeah. I'd get up there and I took a few lessons from a lady there at the church. And and then I'd sit there and I'd get up there and play as a, you know, 13, 14 year old with the with the church band, which was pretty cool. And then it became a like outlet as a songwriter. Um, you know, instead of beating up the local kids, I would be nice to them and I'd come home and sing all this like you know, angry stuff, like just vent <laughs> all my frustrations through music. Right. So I'd sit down in my basement and just pluck away and just sing. And that's how I write songs still to this day is, you know, whatever's in my head, I just kind of let it out and press record and hope that, you know, we capture it. Um, but yeah, it's back then it was my therapy and it's still my therapy. So it, uh, it really pulled me through some hard times as a, as a young young person i guess where anytime i was frustrated or feeling dark i would you know get it out through playing playing my guitar and singing it's got to be kind of a i'm going to say a come full circle you know scenario now for you when you have songs that are out there and obviously the royal bliss fan base is is far and wide and um 
but now the songs that you're writing and putting out there, I know for you as a youth, you were using music as a way to, you know, release that, you know, that tension in your life and, and get some stress out um, yeah. and get you through some dark times where now, you know, some of the songs that you've put out for, um, for your fans to listen to, it's, it's doing the same thing for them. That's gotta be kind of a cool full circle scenario that you have to, that you get to, you know, hang your head. Yeah. On. It's definitely a give and take. Um, you know, some of the stories I hear from people where, you know, they relate to our music, they relate mm-hmm. to the lyrics or, or, you know, a song changed their life. I had a lady come up to me the other day and she was in tears and, and gave me a hug. And she's like, you saved my life. Your song, your, your music stopped me, prevented me from killing myself. She's wow. like, I wouldn't get out of bed. I was bedridden and depressed and wouldn't move or wouldn't do anything. And I was just ready to die. And I guess her daughter brought a Royal Bliss CD to her and she started playing that CD and she's like, it was, the music just moved me in such a way that I decided not to give up anymore. And, and she was just bawling and I've had that happen, you know, quite a few times and, you know, whether it's a song about love or, you know, like, yeah, we, I got married to crazy. Like this was the, our, you know, our first wedding song mm-hmm. or this was a song that you know, prevented, kept me from doing drugs, got me sober or whatever, like all these just amazing stories. And you can feel it at a lot of the shows too. When you look out there where I'm, especially when you have that, when I'm needing to get it off my chest and putting it out there hard and you look out there and there's people with tears in their eyes or there's people just with huge smiles, like this energy in the room is absolutely amazing and it's addictive i mean that's that's what keeps us going keeps me writing music because it means something to people and uh, i think that's the that's the biggest thing is it the personal uh, attachment i have to the lyrics and the songs and for people to reciprocate that kind of vibe and that feeling back to me it's it's needed and i think a lot of bands out there don't I mean, so many bands and so many people out there just want to play music to either be a rock star or to think they're going to make money. And, uh, <laughs> and, he, and said, us, he says with a smirk. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and for us, you know, I, and I tell kids that are coming up in the industry, it's just like you have to love this more than anything. You have to love being on stage and writing music more than anything because all the other work that has to go into it to make it possible for you to get on that stage and do what you love is a pain in the ass and it's something that you won't love. Well, some people might, but it's, I mean, you gotta, you gotta pour your heart and soul into that music in order to, to survive is what I, I feel. And uh, so it's neat to, you know, hear those stories and people be like, you chose the right path. You know, sure. We're not millionaires. Like, of course you think that when you're growing up, like right. oh, I'm going to be a rock star. I'm going to live on the beach and have a Ferrari and blah, blah, blah. But then it really became something more of, this is what I was meant to do. Right. So I chose the right path personally. I think and everybody in the band too, we've been doing this a long time and, and uh, we can't see ourselves doing anything else. Yeah. I mean, when you, when you can find that purpose, you know, you find that meaning to your life, you know, you know, money's great. I mean, nobody's going to deny the fact that things are, things can be easier when they're, you know, there's some financial stability back there, but when you get to uh, go out, and do something you love doing and it can have that profound effect on other people. So it's obviously an influential position to be in Um, that at times I think with balance can be as fulfilling or more fulfilling than, than having that, you know, lucrative, you know, aspect of it coming in. And I think when you, uh, 
when you incorporate as long as you've been doing this and, and seeing all sides of the industry, the music industry, uh, you know, life on the road, um, getting music out, obviously those all those avenues have changed and they've you know moved in different directions. But when before we started this, I got to see you say you know send your boy off to school there. Um, how important is balance uh, when you talk about? you know, music as a life, when you have a song, you like pain that's coming up or songs you've had in the past where, you know, you get that song starts getting traction and the demand for you to be out in front of people obviously increases. Um, how important to you personally as an artist is that balance of life on the road and then life at home? I mean, it's, it's incredibly important and communication is mm. incredibly important as well. Um, you know, I was with my youngest yesterday running around did a Costco run with him and good times. And, uh, and, uh, you know, he was talking about, I, cause I was just gone over the weekend, went and saw my mom for mother's day. And he's like, you were gone forever. And he's like, how about I know you're leaving again soon. And, and we ran into a friend at the Costco and, and she brought up something and he just was like, he's leaving for two months. It's the longest he's ever been away. And, and you could see the effect it had on him. Right like why he's telling the stranger about his daddy leaving and it's hard, but you know, I've always been, I, I communicate to him to the, this is what I do for a living. This is how we, you know, keep the roof over our heads. Right. It's just work. And, uh, and I gotta, I gotta keep, I gotta go. And that's just a part of it. My oldest understood that because he understands that he knows that I'm gone. I'm when he was younger, I was gone a lot more than I have been for my youngest. Mm -hmm. So it's been harder for my youngest to leave, but you just got to make sure that the time that you're at home is quality time that you, and you, you know, FaceTime is a wonderful thing because right. you actually get to see their faces, which is also torture because you want to give them a hug. Um, but at least you get to see them and mm -hmm. communicate with them. I don't know how they did it back in the day. Um, but yeah, just, and when we come home, we'll, we'll leave here. We'll be gone for two or three weeks and then come home and then we go on a vacation for a week and this second i get home i leave again for another two or three weeks but hopefully i mean the vacation is we're with each other the entire time right. so at least we'll get as much of that quality time as we can um and it's good to have you know my wife's extremely strong and understanding and has been there since day one we're going on 14 years and she uh she holds down the fort and understands you know as long as we're doing the right things out in the road and she's not seeing pictures of me hammered drunk and <laughs> doing dumb stuff which you know that's not easy um yeah I, I hear you man then she's uh she's supportive she's like you're out there working you're doing a good job and she gets it and she holds down the fort and she you know expresses to the kids or you know keeps that communication open mm -hmm. like if there's something major that happens then i gotta come home but uh yeah it's 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 a hard juggling match to in your head personally as as, as a man as a husband and as a father to be like all right am i doing the right thing but I also want to teach my kids that they can follow their dreams. And if yeah. you work extremely hard, you can attain whatever. And you got to be happy doing whatever you're doing. I can't imagine me being happy if I was at home or at a desk job or doing something else. You know, it probably would be worse on my kids because dad wouldn't be happy. Right. So whenever they do get quality time with me, I'm in a good mood. Yeah, and I think and, that's uh, – I think you hit the nail on the head right there with that one because it is – you want to show them and when you are a father and – you don't want to let your own personal limitations or, you know, it, it would be easier on them if, if you were doing an eight to five and you were home every day and you had the, 
the typical family. We get up and we send them off to school and I go to work and then I come home. And, you know, because that almost sets, I think, at a very young age, this precedent of, okay, this is the definition of what life has to be. It has this this structure. And, and a lot of times those people who are in that structure, they're not happy because they're yes. not doing what, you know, at a very young age, like you mentioned, you found okay, this is my purpose in life. I'm, I'm going to go and do this. And you want to have that kind of mentality instilled in your children as they grow up and they're not confined by the structure of, okay, I have to um, get good grades in school and then I have to go to college. And after my college for the next 15 years, I'll be paying off my student loans and then I'm going to get this great job. And, and it may not be in, in a field that they particularly enjoy, but because yeah. they grew up watching the structure. So I think it's, and we've tried to do that with ours too, is, you know, you you have to find that time you mentioned vacations you know doing family stuff being interactive with one another but when it's you know time to pursue something you know go and do it you know don't let yeah. other people or opinions or well this is the way it's been you know hold you back from doing it um i i you know i played sports when i was uh, when i was younger I obviously I excelled because you can you can see by this physique um, <laughs> and all the scholarship offers that came in. Um, I didn't and I did radio for twenty years, yeah. um, but you know so I I, I wanted him, I think for the 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 concept of uh, of team and and kind of understanding that structure we I didn't push him into you know playing football but it was like let's just try it out and realized really a very short period of time into the first practice that this may not be something that at this point of his life he's into like, Ooh, I can also, I can also chew on grass while I'm here. Like, yeah, well, (laughs) you know, but, but he's found avenues, I think in, in different fields, uh, in different things that he's been gravitated towards technology and math and sciences and all these things that I'm like, you know, dude, be you. And I think he sees, you know, me not falling after I fell off the cliff of, of losing my career. Um, and just being able to go and do it and be present. So I think that's, you know, that fatherhood is a very, it's, it's a very different, I think, than when I was growing up, you know, cause oh, yeah. I saw the structure and I was like, Oh, this is, this, <laughs> this seems miserable, but I guess this is how it is. But I think, um, having that balance, I think, and, and you've proven it over the years, obviously is, is important to not only your success, I think, um, at home, but also on the road, because you know, you have that, um, that, strong unit, you know, back at home waiting for when you get, uh, get back. Yeah, it's definitely important. You know, I, I don't know that I could do it without that. So it's, <clears throat> yeah, it's a team effort and to have the band understand that too. Yeah. You know, we all have different lives, you know, and Taylor just had his first baby and it's going to be tough on him. He's never been yeah. on the road away from a child. I thought he so. looked a little, a little big in the midsection. So he must've been carrying high. Yeah, yeah, he was carrying high. Yeah. Um, a lot of people just thought it was beer, but nope, it was a baby. It was a baby, baby girl. there. Yeah. Breaking news. <laughs> Let's go back. I think and it'd be good for him, I think, to not only because you guys have been, you know, in a partnership, you know, in that band for such a long time. And he kind of has seen how you've been able to manage that. Um, yeah, yeah. And obviously, you'll you'll have you'll have plenty of, of advice to pass along, uh, having gone through it, uh, gone through it more than once. But I put he'll you want him to you want him to not miss the fun stuff like diaper changing and all the you know the good times and the up all nights you know you gotta have him savor some of those moments yeah yeah he's gotta i mean he because me and jake have had kids for a while and you know so he's just barely going through the stuff that we went through that he had no idea didn't even understand or couldn't even comprehend 
And so now it's kind of funny to watch that go down and be like, hey, guys, I, I got to go or I can't do practice. I got this. And it's just like, all right, because he used to be like, come on. It's like, you'll you'll understand one, <laughs> one day. day one, one day you'll get it. You'll, you'll understand. Get it. And now he gets it. It's going to be tough on the road. You know, yeah. I can I, I can see it coming. That It's going to be hard for him. But, you know, we'll be there to support each other. Yeah. And I think you mentioned the new technologies that are out there, too, the ways of, you know, it, it's it's not perfect but when you can facetime and you can kind of still interact and, and watch them do stuff um it's you know technology has brought us to an amazing <laughs> amazing way of communication and and, yeah, on, yeah. and on that same note of technology you know having been uh, kind of seeing a lot of different aspects of the music industry um, and knowing how you guys are on, as far as the social media aspect goes of it um, what is your your take on you know the state of the music industry right now from the royal bliss perspective Cal, it's uh, it's become such a corporation, um, mm -hmm. the industry itself, where you know, if whoever has the money is the one that can get up in the top ten right. and get you know the most exposure and get on certain festivals and get on tours. I mean, that's just what it's come down to. People buy their way to everything, um, and you know that's the same thing with labels. You don't really need a label nowadays, but they still control so much of radio and Spotify and things like that. And, uh, so it's, it's, it's different, but there are a lot more avenues to reach people. So right. if you can still go do those grassroots kind of ways and you produce really good music, mm. um, and focus on the songs, then people will find, will find you. Um, you know, we're still able to do radio campaigns and we do everything independently. We, we fund everything on our own where, you know, we don't have a big label bankroll that's doing everything right. for us. Um, it's, we've been through so many, you know, we've been around 21 years, so we've seen, you know, the introduction of Napster and Spotify and <laughs> yeah. iTunes and like all the digital movement. And it was scary in the beginning because it's like, oh, we're not selling as many CDs. And so you just see that number go down. So you got to like, well, where are we going to pick up our money? And you're not making a lot of money off of Spotify or any of those other formats. Right. But you make a little bit, and now we make more money off of Spotify than we do off of iTunes and 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 all that. So it's it's just you got to adapt to where the industry is going, and it changes every like two weeks. It's really crazy. Yeah. But you know, like doing the blogs and the podcasts, you know, doing these and just where you can't, you have to just put yourself out there wherever you can, and it's a lot of work and it's really busy. You know, where before it was just like you put a song out at radio and ta-da, there you are. And, yeah. And go do a tour and nowadays it's reaching people and figuring out the algorithms and hiring companies to help you go to spotify and put you on playlists and and uh publicists to put you in different you know doing different interviews and things like that and getting your videos in different places and your videos are extremely important because so many people listen to music on youtube yeah. that it's it's a format that you got to fo focus on so you have to spread yourself evenly over all these different formats in order to get exposure to a point that you can, you know, make a living. Um, so yeah, it's just constantly evolving and, and chasing, trying to chase the right format that works for you. You know, like it's, it's nuts. And that's why I tell, like I was saying earlier, like telling kids, you gotta, you gotta learn the marketing, you gotta learn, right. uh, you know, accounting. And I mean, there's so many things you gotta, work on and study. So I'll be like, you know, go to college and get a marketing degree, get a, uh, you know, uh, the communications and social media and, and all the different things that you got to focus on where you, we didn't have to do that back in the day. You know, there, I remember when MySpace came out and 
it was just like, oh, that was a huge thing. And then you got Facebook and now you got, you know, Instagram and you got Twitter and you got all these other different spaces that you have to have an equal presence on. And because you never know which group of people that like, you know, a certain LinkedIn, you know, LinkedIn will never be a place for us. But um, <laughs> I think I just sent you a LinkedIn uh, connection so we can, you know, for the business, we'll for the connected, business. Yeah. We're connected now on LinkedIn. But yeah, you don't see a lot of bands doing stuff yeah, on LinkedIn. Right. But, um, I don't know. It's it's crazy. It's just uh, evolving to stay relevant, you know. And it's one of those things too, where you have to you have to keep that presence up. Where people are like, oh yeah, Royal Bliss is kicking ass. And I get messages like that because we're all over the place. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like everywhere you look, and you have to be that. Where oh, Royal Bliss's new single came out, paying their new music video came out. And you have to make sure you're hitting up all these formats and then responding to people and following up on all the messages because it's, I mean, we're a small business and you yeah. got to take care of those people that take care of you. So it's like every fan is important at this day stage. And, uh, and that's what a lot of bands don't understand. It's like, you know, they feel like they're a musician and they're cooler than everybody else. But I think that's starting to change where, you know, people, you got to, take care of your fans. You got to get on online and respond to each and in every individual message and say, thank you for providing you a living and putting food in your kid's plate. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy to just change with the wave. Yeah. And you know, I mean, and you know this because you've gone through things where you mentioned two weeks and it does feel like every two weeks there's, there's something new. There's another app. There's something else where, and and a lot of them, you know, they always try to, you know, target demographic where these apps, you know, who they're for, you know, my, yeah. my, my kid who's nine just got on TikTok, uh, which is, I haven't quite conceptually figured it out yet, but it's, you know, <laughs> it's, it's basically a, you know, a lip syncing app. So you can lip sync to like 15 second clips of songs or clips from movies and, and, and comedy routines. And I don't know, weird stuff that he's into. So, um, but you know, the, the target demographic on there is like the 12 to 18 year olds. Um, yeah. but then, and I think I was, uh, I was talking to, um, uh, to Kyle Pfeiffer from Blacklight district about that, uh, the old town road song that basically was broke on, on TikTok. 15 seconds of it became this huge TikTok thing. And now it's like the number one song on billboard. Um, and it's just, it's a weird thing. Uh, and I imagine from your perspective too, you know, when I was in radio, I, I mean, I, I solely in the beginning, in 1998 or whenever lived and breathed by the fact that if you got a song on the radio, that was a pretty big deal. I mean, that was like, man, these guys, this is like, um, and these guys are obviously going to make it. And, you know, from my chair in a studio, somebody has a song on the radio, you put like, you know, the Motley Crue, uh, you know, facade on them. Like, well, they're just living in, you know, this lap of luxury. And, uh, but I think over the years, getting a chance to see how, you know, much of a struggle that it is. um, It's, it's, I think kind of a cool time to be in this industry because you do have so many ways to get your music out there. And if you're not, you know, right away looking for that big paycheck or that's the only reason that you're doing it, there are ways for bands in a small town or bands in a, in a big city who can kind of get lost in the shuffle. And if they're putting out good music, as you mentioned earlier, that music can get heard. And if they're doing it right and if they're, you know, that can be time consuming. You can get lost down the rabbit hole of the YouTubes and the Twitters and the Instagrams of the world. Uh, but if you're doing it right and you're getting your message out there, you know, there's a lot of potential. And I think the industry eventually will have to adjust to that and, and recognize like this isn't about necessarily having a song and 
paying money as some bands perhaps do to have that song go from <laughs> not on the chart to you know eight in in two weeks. Yeah, um, but right. all, but all these other avenues are out there for for artists, um, and and you guys I think are a prime example of artists that have been able that have seen how it was, and have still, you know, been able to find those avenues and get your music out to all your fan bases. Yeah, you got it. I mean, it's hard work. That's what it comes down to, mm-hmm. and understanding that it doesn't matter if you're the greatest musician on the planet and you think your band is the best band out there, and you could be the best band in the world. And no one will ever hear you if right. you don't market it right and you don't work hard every day. So it's one of those things where you have to bust your ass because there might be, you know, some younger band out there doing all the right things and getting the exposure. And you're, and it's frustrating to see some of these groups that climb up, you know, the charts or whatever, and you see them live and they're not even playing their instruments. <laughs> and uh, it's all backing tracks and crap yeah. like that. But they're in the top 10 and on tour with all these big bands that's because they played the game right, you know, or some whoever's behind them is playing the game right to get them in those positions. And, you know, so it's like, all right, well, how are they playing the game? And you got to figure out different, you know, different ways to be like, well, we have the music and we feel like we're a band that, you know, we put on a good live show. We can play our instruments and uh, we can play an acoustic set and not be like, cause we've been on, <laughs> been on the road with bands and seen bands that were just like, Hey, do a, do an acoustic set. And they're like, what i don't what, understand what, what you mean uh yeah, wait, wait, like we can't do an acoustic set no we, we have to have our, our tracks or whatever i had the same thing that. in radio we would have bands come in and and, and you guys were did it a couple times that come down like hey do like three or four you know acoustic jams you know you got to have something that you know eventually when you started to write the song or put it together you kind of had it outlined about how it would sound and we've had bands that have said well we know we have one that we can do and i'm like well you have an hour <laughs> So yeah, right. I hope you have the super extended version of this tune because, uh, um, but yeah, it, that, that always amazed me that um, how, if you are part of the process, if you're part of the songwriting process and writing the music and putting it together, you know, from its raw form to its, you know, final polished, you know, uh, that at some point the band didn't get together and say, hey, you know, it'd be cool if we could do this one unplugged. Yeah. It's, it's just yeah, wild it, to me. It blows my mind. Yeah. And, and it usually relies on the singer um, a lot of the times where, you know, so many singers rely on all the effects and everything else to mm-hmm. sing for them. And uh, yeah, and it, it frustrates me. I know there's different styles and everybody has their own technique, but I've always struggled with that where it's like, you know, I've, when you dedicate, you know, just thousands of hours to practicing and working mm-hmm. on your craft, which all of us have. And then you see people just up there cheating or lip syncing to their own music, you know, to a backing track of themselves or something like that. And it's just like, oh, God, man, this is frustrating (laughs) because it's like I've worked my entire life. I have to take care of my voice and try to take care of my body so that I can get up there every night and and sound good and be able. It feels so good to sing and feels so good to belt it out and get the lyrics out. You know, it would drive me nuts so there's no way in hell i could lip sync right. to my own stuff or even sing to a backing track of my own stuff i would never do that i've been sick to the point where i can hardly talk and i still figure out how to sing those damn songs but uh you know, and people are just like you know don't you, you shouldn't be a hater i'm just like you know i'm so sick of that phrase it's like no i'm i'm frustrated with the fake bullshit that's yeah. out there in the world <laughs> you know like all the fake bands that are just trying to come in here that have daddy's money and 
want to spend it. They could climb themselves up the chart in a fake ass way and put themselves on tour with whoever. And I've seen it happen time and time again. And those bands last like two years, but they take up that parking spot in the meantime for bands like us that have worked their asses off forever. And there's so many of us out there that do it for the right reasons. And, and whenever those bands, just because they have a bunch of money, take up the parking spots at radio or take up a room on a tour. And I know for a fact that in a year or two, you'll never hear their name again. Right. Those are the frustrating times and labels too. And people that take their money and, and do that to them. You know, those people in the industry like, Oh yeah, like these kids got a bunch of money. Oh yeah. Let's take all their money. And, uh, and, and yeah, it's just, it's just frustrating. Make, make, them, make them a big deal. Who who out there, obviously, besides you guys, because I'm 100% behind you, you guys have been doing it right for a long time and and, and pounding it and putting the, the effort in and in the technology age, learning new ways to uh, to get out there and get in front of people. Who out there, uh, who else is doing it right? I mean, who who, who are you liking right now? Um, well, I'm really curious to see. I really want to see that uh, uh, The Glorious Sons. I want to mm-hmm. see them live i love their record and what i've seen on online from their videos and shows that they just look awesome and they look yeah. like they're having a good time connecting with the audience i think that band rival sons is another band um that you can tell are, are doing it right um of course our boys boba flex yeah. they've been doing it for years and years um and they stay true to themselves um there's another young band called joyous wolf yep mm-hmm. um and it's just a three piece. Well, yeah, the four piece that gets up there, and uh, and they just play in their little their instruments. There's no backing tracks behind them, and they just throw it down every night. Um, there's and I know there's a bunch out there, and a lot of these younger bands that are coming up. That's kind of what they're doing, and they're kind of the same way as me, where they're like, because I think people are sick of that same old, same old sound that yeah. you can just tell is computerized. Yep. And I think that's one of the reasons that rock and roll has suffered over the past, you know, 10 years, 15 years, because it everybody started sounding that same way. And people were like, uh, well, it all sounds like the same band. And there's really not a lot of soul behind the music or behind the songs. And so many bands were getting their songs written by other people. And it was almost like a country world, you know, except yeah. for the songs weren't being hits and they weren't selling tickets. So it's like. I think that's coming back to, you know, you have like the Greta Van Fleets of the world yeah. and the, the Joyous Wolf and Glorious Sons and bands with this young energy writing cool songs. Then people are starting to come back over to rock and roll and be like, oh, hey, there's something happening here. And, you know, even with like our new record where it's it's almost got a grunge vibe to it mm-hmm. that people have been mentioning. And I'm like, yeah, you know, just, it's emotional songs and uh, and it's all us which is cool. But yeah, I'm, I'm stoked to see those, those bands that, you know, especially the younger ones that aren't listening to, you know, producers or whatever, be like, Oh, just put them on auto tune or put them on this where they're practicing their instruments and realizing that playing music is a really good way to vent your teenage frustrations. Yeah. And there was, you know, and all those bands that you mentioned, I think, you know, over the past couple of years, seeing them come up and that sound come up, uh, kind of reintroduce itself into into the the market, you know, where it became, um, even from my my old desk, you know, programming a radio station, you know, and I always came at it from a different mentality where I would, you know, I'm bringing Royal Bliss in and the Bubble Flex guys and Wayland and all these other bands that would come through and and be a part of it, but the sound 
it it now it feels like rock and roll is is back and the stations it can be textured and i think playlists can be textured as well where um it doesn't all sound like the exact same band playing the exact same song with the exact same yeah. lyrics over and over and over again which is nice yeah. and uh i just hope it takes off because i mean you see like it's you know, the management companies and the labels still have control of a a lot of it and you still hear those same bands over and over and over again in the top 10 that have been there for 15 years it's like all right time to move some of them out and let these young guys and give them give them an opportunity to shine but you know that was what was cool to see you know rival sons up at number one and yep. the glorious sons up at number one it, it definitely showed me something where i'm like yes all right there's i feel like there's a shift if those bands can have the number one slot for a while that's really good. And they, you know, take disturbed out and take some of these bands that have been there for years and years. It's like, all right, we've heard disturbed forever. Great band, but good God, you know, it's, it's not much different than what they were doing 10 years ago. Yeah. And it's tough to find one of those uh, bigger bands that have been around for a while, have longevity <laughs> and have, and have had kind of the same release an album song goes number one, release another song, song goes number one. No, nobody's ever really strayed from that path because it's been, you know, whether because of money or, or, you know, whatever, it's been a successful model. You know, I'm waiting to see that band that just pivots, you know, pivots and does something else to see if they still have that same kind of success, you know, with a different sound. Maybe they, you know, go back to, you know, more of their roots, you know, when they first got into music. But you know, it's tough. What I think when you're and you're in that upper echelon of artists, to, and maybe it's them, maybe it's the band itself, maybe it's labels, maybe it's you know the influencers. But you know, if you've got something that's working, and maybe you're not, maybe you've been in it for so long you don't want to make any changes to your you know uh, the yeah. success you've had. Uh, but it, it would, be, I think, it'd be cool to see a band come out um, that has maybe had uh, one sound for their most of their career. Uh, to come out and be like, no, you know, we're going to do, we're going to add this instrument in, or we're going to do something different. We're not going to uh, yep. uh, utilize, you know, vocal backing tracks or anything like that. But, you know, again, if, uh, if the, if the mighty dollar is the one that's making the, you know, the, the rock world go around, yeah. it's tough to see that changing. Yeah, me too. I'd love to see a band come out of it. And who did I hear the other day that was going to do something that was almost more Southern rock. I can't remember who it was, was mentioned in that. I don't know, but that'd well, be fun I, to. I hope they to, do. You know, I do. I, I mean, experiment with it. You know, and and rock needs to open up to some other sounds. Like that's the one thing where you know we we dabbled in country a little bit. Yeah, and with our you know kind of a southern rock vibe that that we did, and it was really interesting to see. You know, like country music was open arms. They let us come in, and we weren't changing really who we were. We we're a rock band. And, you know, they did a CMT world premiere and we were able to play, you know, some of these festivals as us and they're opening, like letting the different sounds and different players, you know, you got kid rock doing stuff in yeah. that world. And, uh, who else just did something Then you got, you know, the Blackstone cherry, giving those guys props down yep. there, but rock is just like sticks so hard to the metal side and not be like, Hey, well, let's bring in, that's what made me happy about Gloria Sons. Cause that song was kind of like, could be alternative, 
It's like, let's stop letting the alternative world steal all the good rock bands. <laughs> and uh, let's, you know, let's give them some love on rock radio. Let's give them some love in the rock world because, you know, they just kind of shunned everybody out and made it be like this one sound. And I hope that it uh, changes soon. Yeah, I think the rock listener uh, had been pigeonholed for a very long time is into you you fit into one piece of the puzzle. You either are into the the really heavy heavy stuff or you're into, you know, XYZ, but yeah. I think when you uh, you know, true rock fans or fans of music in general, you know, will accept and will listen to anything that's good music. Um, and, exactly. You know, this will be my 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 third interview bringing, you know, this quote up but rock and roll is not about a sound it's about an attitude and a way of being so i think yeah. if you're presenting that um and i think gloria sons is you know a great example of, i've seen some of their live stuff and it's i mean rock and roll is supposed to be fun and energetic and kind of weird and and awesome all at the same time yeah and it's it's dirty and it's not polished you know that's what made rock and roll great and i think um it, it's good to see that that is getting you know the attention that it has deserved for so long, and I and I hope that that trend does uh, continue, um, you know, as far as the music goes, especially when you have so many avenues to get it out to people's ears. Yeah. Yep. Cool, brother. Well, uh, first and foremost, thank you uh, for being a part of the show, man. It's um, of course, man. great to get caught up, and beard game is still strong. I see. Yeah, it's coming back. I had to shave it off for my fight, and I kept it off a little bit, and then. Uh, but yeah, I think I'm going to grow it back. That's the, that's the goal. As long as I can try to keep this weight off. <laughs> God, so hard. Stay, stay in the ring, man. Stay in the ring. I know. That's the thing. And then I'm like, oh, crap. We're going back on the road. My favorite thing is to eat and all these you know great foods from around the country. Yeah, that yeah. And None of them are healthy. It's not like you know a town is famous for their salad. It's always <laughs> like a deep fried bacon cheeseburger with pastrami and brisket on it or something it's like well i gotta try it i can't get it back at home yeah i can't wait to get back to chippewa falls they're really well known for their chef salad it's the yeah. best yeah. <laughs> gonna... no dressing. oh man i hear it's yeah. all... i hear it's gluten-free it's gonna be awesome <laughs> i'm gonna live forever yeah no, no yeah chippewa falls if you had cob salad it would be covered in gravy and cheese curds so they'd be like all right i'll try that salad that as long, sounds good as long as it's dipped in lining kugels they don't give a shit you know it's, <laughs> yeah. it's fine you know loud and proud but no, I, I I told my wife a couple of weeks ago. I know not not that I you know was barred from having a beard while I was in radio, but it just wasn't something I I did. And then I got out, and I was like, you know, I think I think I'm gonna go you know beard game strong. And she kind of looked at me like I uh, <laughs> may have lost my shit. She's like, oh, oh, is this like your like midlife crisis? Midlife. Like you're, you're gonna go gonna go through a look change? And I was like, well, you know, I got I got free time, so. <laughs> Go large, man. Go large. Awesome, brother. Well, hey, uh, thank you so much. Uh, the new song is awesome. Uh, congratulations on uh, on your boxing record. I think um, I think I think you get that put on a t-shirt, man. Sell that shit at the shows. Yeah, right. Like Neil Middleton. Want to know? Put the stats. Put the stats on the back. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, it'll be a hit. Yeah, that would be hilarious. Awesome, brother. Thank thank you so much. Let's uh, let's stay in touch. And yeah, next time you guys are up, let's get you uh, get you into the welcome to Cooperville Studios down here, and we'll uh, we'll get on the hang, and um, we'll have some salads, and it'll be a fucking blast. <laughs> All right, brother. Thanks so much. Keep it up, man. Thanks, you brother. Take care, man. Appreciate it. Right, see you, bro. Thanks, man.